It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the best traditions, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Wholesale Sourcing Experts. For a change, you've got me. My name's Ron Davison. I am one of the admins for the group. I'm also Charlene's husband, but don't let that uh, affect anything. I am going to be stepping in for Charlene today and answering any questions you may have. This is another Ask Me Anything, and you're asking me for a change. Get a give you a little bit of background. Uh, my background, as well as running my own Amazon business for nine years now, I was a professional photographer for almost a decade. I have degrees in photography and all that kind of nonsense, but the vast majority of what I do in photography now is product photography, um, mostly for Amazon. I also do some product photography for Charlene, for her various outlets, uh, for Etsy and for eBay, um, and also for Shopify when necessary. Now, one of the questions I've covered ooh, years ago when I did the live photo webinars, and you can see those replays on YouTube, um, one of the questions I answered is, do you need an expensive, bulky, and heavy DSLR camera to get professional results? And the answer is no. No, you do not. Not anymore. When I did those uh, shows a few years ago, one of the things was that um, camera phones were good. And we thought, wow, they're amazing. But they weren't absolutely brilliant. But they were good enough for internet for photography at the time. Now that we've got... Um, these kind of things. This is an iPhone is an 11? iPhone 11 Pro Max. Uh, they've now come out with the iPhone 12. This is brilliant for photography in general, whether it's product photography or taking um, snapshots or professional video. And I do mean professional. Professional photos and video are taken on iPhones and Androids as well. I know the Samsung Galaxy that my brother-in-law is also a really good one. Uh, so I am very much, and this is very much an Apple household. We are very much ingrained in the Apple ecosystem, and I have converted some of you with mixed success. But whether it's Apple or Amazon, sorry, yeah, whether it's an iPhone or an Android device or whatever that might be, you can get brilliant results with a smartphone camera. If anyone is interested in seeing what you can achieve, my um, YouTube channel that I do um, over on the YouTube, that is all filmed with my iPhone 11 Pro Max. So uh, you can get some brilliant stuff done with those. So if you've got any questions about photography, please do put them in the chat. Uh, I'm just looking. Do, um, do I recommend a camera phone or a standalone standalone camera, excuse me. It depends on the level of product photography that you're doing. How many hours a day are you doing that? If you just, I mean, quite frankly, like me, I've got hundreds of SKUs and Charlene's got thousands. 
I don't need to produce new pictures for my listings most of the time. Most of the time my suppliers will supply me with high resolution Amazon compliant pure white background photos which are perfectly usable. Occasionally I will need to take my own and so I will break out my uh, iPhone and uh, usually uh, one of the folios that I have of the appropriate size. Again, you can see information about those folios in one of my photo seminars that are available to you as an exclusive benefit to wholesale sourcing experts members. You don't get that if you're not a member, so treat it nicely. How am I, okay, let me, I've got another question coming in, but let me finish this up. So, what do I recommend on camera setup? If you spend hours a day uh, photographing products, I would recommend that you spend the, um, spend the time and the money, and not as much as you think, to set up a small dedicated area for photography. You can set that up with a not as expensive as you think DSLR or even one of the more modern, um, smaller, more compact cameras. I know Ed has been very successful with his product photography. Uh, I believe he has a um, Canon um, more compact camera. He and I have worked with a couple of questions that he had on that. But he gets really, really good results with that. So you don't need a DSLR. The reason I use a DSLR when I'm doing batches, and I do mean, you know, 30, 40, 50 pictures in one go with a DSLR, is the fact that I can lock in the aperture, the shutter speed, the ISO, the white balance, and even the focus. And so everything stays consistent from shot to shot. Uh, I don't need to worry about there being a white balance shift. Uh, the iPhones and the Androids do a brilliant job of taking their best, extremely educated guess as to what you're photographing and how's the best way to picture that. But they don't always get the white balance correct. So if you need a lot of products photographed, then having a dedicated camera to do that in a dedicated corner of um, your home is a good way of doing that with a lighting system. Uh, I know a bunch of you who've got various different lighting systems and um, backgrounds that you use. Uh, I've had a lot of luck with the Foldio. Again, none of this is a plug. I'm not sponsored by Nikon, Canon, Foldio, or anything like that. This is my own personal experience and I've spent the money to do that. So hopefully that helps regarding photography in general. Um, one last thing I will mention, there are a plethora of third-party apps that take your camera's uh, phone's camera capabilities to the next level where you can lock in white balance and things like that. So um, explore those. I'm not going to make any recommendations because I can't remember how many I have on my camera itself. I keep saying camera because I think of this thing. This is primarily a camera that happens to send messages and take uh, take phone calls occasionally. And I get annoyed with it. It's like, who's calling me? Um, so um, I am going to start answering questions in the order I see them. Um, how am I going to source new products this year? And I do see that Matt has a question. I will come back to Matt's question. What I'm doing overwhelmingly right now is one of my major suppliers has a very, very big catalog of products that they offer. I started off with a few and I've been slowly increasing that over time. What I've been doing is 
I, I look at what is in the same ballpark as what I've been doing and see if I can expand on that. Um, one of the craft ranges that they do, they kind of do them in sets and so they have themes that they offer. And I've been looking as they expand their range and they normally add new themes, which are 20 to 30 SKUs in a new theme. I add those in. Uh, I see if there's an Amazon listing. Hopefully there is, because one of the other people that sells that has already created a listing. Uh, if there is, I can jump on that, providing the description is good. If it's not, I need to make my own description and go back to product. I need to make my own description and go back to product photography if necessary. If it's so new that the manufacturer hasn't actually done their own um, product photography yet. So that's going to be my main source is going to be going through my existing suppliers and seeing what they sell that I don't personally offer yet. Now, I'm lucky with that because they have a lot of SKUs. Um, Suppliers that don't have as many that I um, that you may find that they you already sell everything. Charlene and I are going to be going to a couple of virtual trade shows this year that we've uh, maintained membership on. Um, it just worked out, and Charlene touched on this on a previous episode. Uh, I'm a member of one; she's a member of another. We can sit in front of the laptop and attend the virtual trade show. We've also been getting bombarded with a bunch of emails uh, from people that are going to be virtually showing saying you know see us at the virtual show and um, not to get off track um, that's a good way of finding new products but you can also get show specials as you go um, through um, through attending one of those trade shows water break okay let's have a look at our next question what is the biggest issue I have with Amazon? I think most of us have this particular issue. It's getting a reasonable answer from seller quote support. Um, I find that I still do get a lot of cut and paste generic answers. Trying to understand the psychology of this and what's actually happening, I think the guys that run um, the that are part of seller support, they're on a time crunch and they cannot spend that much time reading and researching the answers that they give you. And they go, okay, this is a question about feedback. So we're going to paste the generic feedback answer. This is a question um, about pricing or removals or whatever that might be. Just mm, find an answer and just put it out there. Um, it has become increasingly frustrating to actually deal with Amazon. Um, I use a third party to help with the vast majority of that, they are well worth the money. Next question, let me see. Do you know where to find your Amazon seller ID? I have a vendor asking for it. Um, that is from Matt. Matt, I also appreciate the uh, the YouTube videos that you've been doing. Um, they're, they're getting good, keep them up. Um, it's okay, Charlene is asking as me, uh, do they want the merchant token it's weird if that's what they want. Okay, Charlene has posted in the chat, which will be available on replay, uh, where to find that. So we've answered that question. There you go. It's lovely having a virtual assistant in the other room that is me, but is not, that is doing this research. Um, thank you very much, Char. It's, I will post, um, uh, I'll post some stuff 
in the description uh, regarding um, what I use. Uh, I'll do that at the end uh, of this, but I can tell you uh, I'm using Solutions for E-Commerce. Um, that's uh, Karen Locker's uh, group, and they've been doing a brilliant job uh, of uh, they've been doing a brilliant job of assisting me with my Amazon business. Um, some some of the more generic things that uh, can be done without my direct intervention, they're very good at doing that. Who do you use to help with your Amazon? Okay, that was that was a question from Charlene. Uh, so I'm currently using a few services. Uh, I'm using Restock Pro um, and uh, Feedback 5. I've currently got Feedback 5 turned off because there was some uh, uncertainty as to Amazon's rules on uh, feedback solicitation in general. Um, but So I've currently got that turned off, but I was using it in the past. Now, what I can tell you is clearly Feedback 5 was working because my feedback rate has dropped dramatically. Um, so I guess if I'm not asking for feedback, I'm not going to get it. And thinking about myself, um, I don't, um, I have not been um, leaving feedback for what I've been buying. And there's two reasons for that. Um, one is it's not wise to do that if you're an Amazon seller because someone could get the wrong message. Uh, someone at Amazon could get the wrong message and uh, think that you are trying to manipulate feedback. So that's the primary reason I don't do that. But the other reason is I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon here in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, we don't have a huge variety of shops. Um, I know that might sound crazy unless it's tourist oriented and I have all the Jackson Hole t-shirts that I can personally use. We recently, a few months ago, we even lost our Kmart. Um, we don't have a, a Walmart, a Kmart, a Target. We don't really have regular shops that we can go buy stuff or I, I need a I need a computer cable or something like that. Um, Amazon is my go-to. So we get a lot of stuff from Amazon and there is that um, there is that oh I can't be bothered to leave feedback but I can't leave feedback anyway but I guess if I was a regular consumer on Amazon I think there is that kind of um, not laziness but they just they, they get burnt out they don't really want to rate a seller or share their opinion so if you're really obsessed with feedback um, then then look at getting a restock pro or something like that uh, not restock pro excuse me that's the garbage guys outside I can hear the I can hear the brakes I'm sorry this microphone is brilliant but it does pick up everything so we'll just we'll just push through that but it's incredibly Oh, squirrel. Uh, it's incredibly distracting for me. Where was I? Yeah, so maybe part of the thing with the feedback is I have noticed I'm not getting bad feedback either. I'm just not getting feedback. So maybe that's a good thing. I haven't seen my sales per skew decrease on, on a per skew basis. My overall sales absolutely tanked last year because I... Um, I didn't lose a major supplier, but a major supplier of mine has been incredibly affected with COVID. Uh, they are just, they are, they're not shipping orders, or if they are shipping orders, they're shipping about literally a tenth of what they would normally ship. And I was buying from them by the pallet. And 
if I can get anything, and they've got incredibly quiet on me, I, I get a box. Well, you know, I get a box, but I don't get a pallet's worth anymore. So let's have a look and see what questions we've got. Matt had a question, and I'll read it out. Do you know how to look up a return using the LPN label? That is the sticker that Amazon puts on your items when they ship them back to you. I remember hearing Charlene say she scanned it to look it up. And yes, the answer to that is you go to reports, fulfillment, returns, scan, in the L scan it in the LPN area, and select date range. And that's it. Barcode scanners, Charlene was mentioning that she's going to get a new one. They're really inexpensive these days, and they can really increase your processing speed. Uh, and also, they can be useful on the back end if you're just scanning an LPN number. If you don't want to get a barcode reader or you don't have one, um, that number is printed on there. But, you know, it's a long number, and it's easy to mess it up. Uh, so barcode scanner can be your friend. Another question, have I ever fired a supplier? Yes, I have, and it's been a couple of them. Um, one of them started sending out solicitations. Let me back up a little. One of them, they had incredibly good products when they first came out, and they were a hot item, and they maybe were featured on uh, any craft magazine, and basically everyone jumped on them. So I would attempt to be the first person to market with that, and I went to the trouble of creating a listing, photographing it, optimizing it, advertising it, and then you'd have a bunch of people jump onto it. More on that later. But what would happen is once everyone had bought this particular widget, they wouldn't they don't need another one and the craze went off and so the sales just absolutely tanked. Uh, they just went completely down. Uh, so that wasn't that wasn't really viable to continue tying up money and paying inventory storage fees with that particular product because they just weren't selling. You went from selling, you know, three or four a day to maybe three or four a month. So that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. What happened was in their emails that they would send out, because I was signed up for their consumer emails as well, you know, new product in stock or whatever it is, they started starting them with become a distributor today. And I called my rep and said, excuse me, you guys put me through the ringer at a trade show with trade references, um, making me fill out applications to become a, a reseller of yours. And now you're just soliciting them everywhere. Um, in the Wholesale Sourcing Experts book, um, I do have a chapter and we talk about that. If you imagine, uh, the situation of, you remember when we used to be able to go to shopping malls and there were food courts? I remember. But just imagine with the food court, you've got your, you know, whatever it is, and you've got two McDonald's in the same food court. You know, just because you've got a McDonald's that used to sell 100 Big Macs a day, if they open another one, they're not going to sell 200 Big Macs a day. They're probably going to sell 50 Big Macs each. It's still the same supply demand of Big Macs, um, well, there's more supply, but the demand just hasn't increased twofold. They've just split their revenue between two different locations. Well, the mall is Amazon, and the number of locations is the competitors um, on there. Now, if you imagine you're 
to continue the McDonald's analogy, if you imagine that you're the franchise supplier and you're supplying meat patties, um, just because you've got more locations and you're soliciting more locations in the same food court doesn't mean you're going to sell more. So what they're doing, um, what this supplier is doing by soliciting all these people, they've just completely thrown their control out the window if um, they have a minimum advertised price requirement um, and they had, let's just say, three sellers. It's much easier to police that than suddenly having all of these sellers pop up. And just because you sold to Bob, um, it doesn't mean that Bob's doing an a easily recognizable Amazon store name. Uh, it might come up as... Um, whatever fantastic widgets and you've got no idea who fantastic widgets is it's bob and you sold to bob but you don't know that bob is fantastic widgets so how do you police that if you're a distributor i've had this argument with distributors till i'm blue in the face ultimately i said thanks but no thanks you've got no control over the listings people are probably losing money selling your product right now and i can't afford to take loss leaders because it doesn't get people into my store they're just on amazon they're looking for something and they buy it and they're not coming back to me my repeat business is less than one percent probably less than one tenth of one percent um so it's not like i'm gonna entice someone into my store on amazon by advertising something that I'm not making money on. Never mind the fact that they have a quote minimum advertised price and they're not enforcing that. Enough about that. Let's have a look. We've got another question. Uh, if I could change one thing on Amazon, what would it be? Oh, put me on the spot. So many things. But I can live with the commissions and the fees that Amazon charges. It is the cost of playing in their playground. I would just like to be able to get a support person that actually understood what I was talking about and didn't do cut and paste answers. That's that's the main thing. I also wouldn't live in daily fear of having my Amazon account suspended or yanked or some kind of strike, whether it is a... Uh, you can get copyright violations, um, thrown at you if you sell uh, music or DVDs and you don't go through the appropriate supplier. It's just, I don't do DVDs anymore. The bottom seems to have dropped out of the market. The model has definitely changed to online-based subscription service, on-demand videos. And you can also find a ton of stuff uh, on YouTube um, for free. I have learned, and Charlie and I have been watching various kind of restoration videos uh, online. Uh, look this up if you're remotely interested in mechanical stuff. Um, TC Tube, TC Tube, and uh, Rescue and Restore, a couple of the really big ones. And these guys take stuff that they found uh, at a junk shop or a yard sale or whatever, and they make it better than you. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, well, Either Shah will post it in the chat or we'll put a link in at the end of the show. So what I'm getting at there is people, unless you're my dad, don't really turn to buying a DVD, having it delivered, uh, putting it in a player and then watching the content. They just go online and they search for it. And if they can't find it, then maybe they subscribe to a specific uh, website that gives them a membership access so they can see that content, download it, whatever that might be. 
I'm an Amazon question. I'm an Amazon. I'm a new Amazon seller. I have one wholesale account. What should I do to find more? What I would look at is if you're if you've found a niche and hopefully if you've got an Amazon wholesale if you've got a wholesale account and you're selling on Amazon, um, you're in one zone. I mean, if this is the whole range of anything that can be sold on Amazon, hopefully you know, you focused on one thing. You're not selling something that's diametrically opposite to something else. And that's where you want to be focusing on. You don't want to be selling something that's very over here and sell something that's then very over there. You want to keep it in the same niche. A couple of reasons for that. If you do get someone uh, that does stay in your store, uh, then makes more sense if your product line is more cohesive. Um, if you sell, oh man, and I'm terrible with coming up for it with examples on the spot, but if you're selling car accessories, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you start selling doll's houses. Uh, the, the, the overlap of those two areas is extremely narrow. So if you're selling car accessories, like something that actually, like um, car, you know, the, the mats that go in cars, then maybe you look at selling windshield wipers and polish, and then maybe you expand out from that, say, okay, this keeps people's cars looking pretty, what do I do if they need to actually repair their car? So maybe you can start selling touch-up paint or Bondo, or do we call it Bondo here? I don't know. Um, the, the filler that you use for if you've had a crunch in the parking lot or something like that, and you need to fill that, um, then you, you expand out of uh, you expand further and further out from there. So keeping it in the same ballpark, keeping your focus more narrow, uh, is what I would recommend. Uh, if you are selling a particular product, chances are there is some kind of online trade organization for that realm of things. You can join that and... Um, you can look at the other suppliers that are in there. If there is some kind of magazine publication that is appropriate to that realm of things that you're selling, subscribe to it, whether it's online or actually sometimes a hard copy of a magazine is a good thing to have because you can flip through. They're going to have articles on the uh, articles on new products that are coming out and there's going to be a bunch of adverts towards the back uh, that you can look at and go, hmm, that's a good idea. Then you take that information, you look on Amazon, is it already sold? Uh, do a little bit more digging, what's its rating? Then you reach out and uh, contact them. Buy the book, buy the Wholesale Sourcing Experts book. Um, it's it. There is content in there on how to approach new suppliers. I'll leave that one at that. Let's see, questions there, I don't see any. Um, okay, Shah has posted... Yes, Ticey Tube, Rescue and Restore, and My Mechanic are all on YouTube. Okay, it's uh, time for a little bit of tea. I cannot stress the importance of tea enough. And I have a question coming in. Let's see, I've got eight viewers right now, seven of which are, you know, not, you know, there's, there's Shara and there's seven other people. Uh, send some questions. Actually, you know, Alp did send me some stuff. Um, Alp, I cannot show this stuff because, quite frankly, I'm not intelligent enough to do the screen sharing and I didn't set this up. But let me pull this up. So Alp's been sending me some examples of product photography and she says... 
Let me see. Maybe you can address problems with reflections on objects or color cast from backgrounds. Example, I was photographing a copper mule mug. I like those. And not only did I have the lights reflected, but the color background was imposing a color cast. I remove it with an app, but that's a pain. Uh, and I'm looking at her example. So she's using one of those chroma key green backgrounds. I'm not. This is this is real. This is not green screen. Um, but she's using one of those uh, chroma key backgrounds and then having the background removed uh, with an app. And I'm having a look. What happens with light? You do get reflected light that bounces off the background and then comes back onto your um, onto your product. You're going to see if you're using a green background, you're going to get slight green reflections in various areas. Um, a couple of things that you can try. One, use a white background. Now, I do know I'm not being flippant, but I do know that that can um, blow out certain areas of the product itself when you do background removal. There are ways of doing that with tracing around the edge uh, of the of the item. Um, various apps do things like that. But having a look at this, the flippant answer is use a white background. The other thing that you can try is a circular polarizer. And what that does is that does drastically cut down the amount of reflected light and you get more transmitted light. Um, it's going to be a technical photographic conversation, but what you do with a circular polarizer, you put it on the camera and you can dial it until you get rid of that reflection. Um, I use them on trips to um, make the sky look bluer, um, punch the clouds up, get rid of reflections in the water so the water just looks absolutely clear and you can see the bottom. It works perfectly with reflections on products as well. And you just dial it in. I got a an adapter for my GoPro camera that allows it to take um, circular polarizers to be screwed on there and any other filter um, that you uh, want to put on there. You can also get uh, filters for smartphones. You can get two types. You get a clip on one, and I don't have one here, but you know, bear with me. Uh, it kind of works like a clothes peg, and what it does is there's your camera, and it clips on and the lens is over there. There's, there's the camera lens. We're using our imagination. Uh, and there is the filter. And there's two types of that. There are ones that are just, there's the filter and it has a dial that you can turn it. There are then ones that they have a screw thread and you screw on the appropriate filter. They come in various sizes. The fancier ones, you can get ones which are dedicated cases for your phone that have that screw thread adapter ring built in around where the camera goes and then again you have your choice of filters with that you do get with you uh, you do get what you pay for i recommend tiffin and hoya are the ones that i have been using they are very good value for money i think i paid $15 for a 52 millimeter circular polarizer for my gopro and uh, so tr alp try that that may well help what else have we got? Can you get that polarizer for an iPhone? Uh, we have answered that one. Can you give any links to phone filters? I don't know what to look for. Uh, that one's from Wendy Reed. Wendy, yes, I can. Uh, Wendy, do me a favor while I'm talking, post in the chat specifically what phone you are uh, using. Um, 
so I can have a look. I'll do a bit of research for you and I'll give you a couple of links on Amazon. It's one of those things that uh, th there's a lot that are going to work and there are going to be ones that work better. Um, stick with, if you're buying individual filters, stick with Tiffin and Hoyer. Um, if you can't pronounce the brand, then chances are it's not going to be as good. I've also seen filters advertised and I'm like, there is no way that they can make a circular polarizer for that amount of money. Um, as a professional, well, I used to be a professional photographer, but as someone that I'm going to say I know what I'm doing, I have some lenses that have really big um, the, the lens is really big. I've got 72 millimeter lenses and I've got, and that is the uh, the diameter of the end of the lens. And a 72 millimeter circular polarizer should be in the region of about $80. And so when I see one for 20, um, I'm like, there is no way. Um, that's probably a piece of window glass that they've taken a black Sharpie marker to and they've colored it in. Um, Charlene is putting some links in there. There's one um, with um, drama polarizer filter. That sounds exciting. Um, providing it says polarizer filter, I would look for circular polarizer. The other type is just called polarizer or linear polarizer. And uh, I find that with autofocus cameras, which is what we've been using for the last 30 years, uh, circular polarizers work better. Linear messes it up. Having said that, if you are doing, well, let me tell you with an experience that I've had. When I actually had to photograph artwork, what we did was we set up, um, on the wall, we set up the picture. On the camera, we set up a linear polarizer on manual focus that the polarizer was basically lined up uh, vertically. The lines were going vertically. On the lights themselves, we had sheets of polarizing material that were lined up horizontally. So the light's being transmitted in one direction, and that's the light that we want. The, uh, the reflected light is being blocked because it's, um, it, it's coming in the other direction. It's hard to explain, but it worked and it removed all of the reflection from those pieces of art. Even if you're photographing through glass, it was amazing. It was also an expensive way of doing things, and it was necessary for the job. But that this was a previous job I had a lifetime ago. Um, so, um, Charlene's posted that that filter, the drama polarizer filter for iPhone, and it would work... I'm pretty sure it'd work with an Android device as well because it's not proprietary to uh, the shape of an iPhone. It looks like it's one of those clip-ons. $70 is a reasonable price. I would feel confident that you're going to get something that's value for money for that. Um, I'm just going to um, ask if there's any other questions, and I think I'll wrap this up and let you get on with the rest of your day. Uh, jump in now if you've got any questions. Um, I... I'm trying to think of anything else I can add to this. Um, uh, add to this. I've um, my 2021 for Amazon is going to be. I've got to assume that that major supplier that is currently not able to fulfill my orders. I'm going to have to assume that they are not going to be able to fulfill any orders in 2021. Uh, I'm going to have to make up for that shortfall in my product line and revenue stream by sourcing other things. Hence the trade shows expanding, um, squeezing everything out that I can from my existing suppliers. Um, 
And if they come back online and they start selling again, then I will be pleasantly surprised. Um, so one other thing I'll do is I'll give a shout out to the previous episode that was done with Charlene and Ellie. Uh, Ellie was talking about setting up an Etsy storefront. Um, the niche I'm in is Etsy friendly. Etsy is okay with what I sell being on Etsy. So based on that podcast that I was listening to, um, I pretty much during the time that that was on, went to Etsy, set up a store, um, was able to, um, I'm an LLC. Uh, I was able to give them my tax ID number, my bank account information. It's Etsy. I trust, trust it uh, for receiving money, uh, my credit card for paying the bills. Um, and I was able to actually get an Etsy storefront done. So if you haven't done so already, go back and um, take the time, do that. I believe it's going to cost you next to nothing to set up a storefront. I placed one item in there and I it was less than a dollar. I can't remember how much I paid, but it was way less than a dollar to put my first one up there just to secure that name in. Um, so take the time, set up an Etsy storefront. That way you can expand your reach because there may be some products that people don't immediately think, oh, I'd get that on Amazon. Maybe they think, okay, I've heard of Etsy. They're the face mask people. Well, they're way more than that. Um, I can go to Etsy. I can look for that. And uh, it's listen to that podcast. It's, it's interesting uh, and it's useful. But uh, yeah, go do that. It was 20 cents. I paid 20 cents to basically list an item one item, and now I've got that name secured. I can then build on that. I don't see any other questions, so I'm going to wrap up the show. I do appreciate everyone tuning in live. Please remember, you can always contact us, and we'll do our best to answer your questions and send us some information. Uh, send us some questions that you would like us to cover on future um, wholesale sourcing podcasts. Uh, the Ask Me Anything are really fun, but we really get more out of it if we have some content that we can uh, talk to during the show. Thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.